It's the Highline Bears podcast with Bill Willis. On this episode... We talk with Justin Moser about Bears coaching, recruiting, inside and outside of league play, and the fan experience at Mel Olson Stadium. Can you talk about as far as his contract and the thoughts about bringing him back? And he just kept yelling, your beard is weird. Yeah, I love the food. Are you a stuffing guy? Oh, I'm a big stuffing big guy. Stuff. Yeah, big stuffing guy. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the Highland Bears podcast. I'm your host, Bill Willis. This is episode two. Today, we are continuing our conversation with Highland Bears CEO and general manager, Justin Moser. Welcome back, Justin. Glad to be back. For this episode, we're hanging out in Burien at the home of Highland Bears president, Russ Pritchard. Also joining us is Russ's dog, Dude. If you hear barking, it's just Russ in the background. Send us your comments and questions to the podcast crew. Email us using the address podcast at highlandbears.com. Justin, we're going to talk about the team, and let's start with the coaching staff. Josh Evans is coming back for his third year as head coach. Can you talk about uh, as far as his contract and the thoughts about bringing him back? So all our coaches and players are on a year-to-year contract. That's typically how things are done in the uh, summer collegiate leagues. And we decided we wanted to bring Josh back. He's a player's manager. He's really good with the guys. He's very dedicated. Josh works a ton. I mean, he doesn't make a ton of money doing this. And he works not only in the summer managing the baseball team, but he helps us on the recruiting side of things. Josh is really big on how can we get the team to connect with the community and how can we make the player interaction with the fans even better. So he has a lot of ideas that he brings to the table for that. And Josh is just so passionate about baseball and about the Highline Bears and helping us grow um, outside of his duties as manager and brings a lot of ideas to the table. So, yeah, we're, we're definitely excited about bringing him back. I know Josh is also um, – we brought we had Matt Stewart involved last year, and Matt Stewart used to play for the Highline Bears, and he was supposed to come and be an assistant coach for Josh last year, and it didn't work out. He got a last-minute independent contract to play some baseball and pitch for the Trinidad Triggers in the Pecos League, which was exciting. But this year he's done playing baseball, and so Matt Stewart's going to join us again. And so Matt played with the Highline Bears for two years, was a great hitter, um, really big on the community, and is a local kid. So we're excited to bring him on to the coaching staff as well. And then we're trying to fill in some spots. We need a pitching coach still and maybe uh, somebody that can help as another assistant on top of that. So right now you're looking at possibly two. Is there a possibility of bringing in even uh, three assistance right now yeah we could we could we could look at that i think right now the number's two but we could always look at having three especially with as much travel that we do uh every once in a while some of those guys can't make the commitment to traveling with all the games so there's a nice filler guy that we could have in there that could help and make sure evans has all the support he needs with the players so getting back to josh was he just brought in straight as head coach or does he have a history with the team prior to that so actually funny is that Josh started helping out. I've known Josh for a while, and Steve's known him even longer. And we brought Josh in. He volunteered to be the mascot for a few games and fill in and be the mascot. And Josh is a goofy guy and has a lot of personality and did a great job as, as Buntley. And then we wanted to do some promo videos. And so we went down to Diamond Sports where Steve works. And uh, What year is this? <clears throat> Let's see, this is 2016. Okay. So we did some promo videos there in the off-season, and Evans is trying to hit baseballs in the Buntley outfit, field ground balls, falling all over himself, making air after air, and then finally getting it because the head moves around so much in 
he can't see crap out of that thing. And so he's fallen on the infield, and I swear he was in that mascot outfit for four or five hours, and we're just filming take after take. And then we hop in the batting cage, and he's trying to hit some balls, and then we were like, let's do the scene from Happy Gilmore where he gets in the batting cage and takes some off his chest and off the forehead. And so Evans puts on a chest protector for a catcher underneath the suit. We start chucking baseballs at him. And then we're like, okay, let's do the head. And he can't really control the head, and he puts the head all the way down so the, the top of the, um, the costume head is pointed towards the pitcher, and there's a fan up there. And then Steve tosses the ball, and it hits the fan. Oh, my gosh. And Josh, Josh is, uh, has a shaved head, ends up hitting him in the head, cuts his head. He takes off the, the, the head, and he's bleeding from the head, you know, swearing to all high heaven. And it was, it was hilarious. But that's actually how Josh got his start with the team. And then my grandfather passed um, – uh, the next season, and I had to leave for a few games. Josh ended up stepping up, and he helped our manager then, um, and he was assistant coach for a few games as we finished the season, did a great job, and that's when we decided we wanted to bring him on as head coach the next year when we made a change. And actually, when we sat down with him, he was real surprised. I think he thought we were going to ask him to maybe be an assistant or the mascot again. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Josh uh, with both you and Steven and uh, the recruiting. So right now, you're probably looking at players. Correct? Correct. Yeah. Uh, the roster is growing on a weekly basis. How exactly is the recruiting working right now? So it's it's been a really good recruiting season for us, probably uh, one of the best we've had, especially I think our first season we were real aggressive in recruiting. Uh, Todd Coughlin was real good about that. The next few years I think we were a little late to the, to the game. Uh, this year I still think we were a little late but uh, it's figuring out when coaches are placing players and how they are and what schools are placing them where and how to get on that list and create those relationships. So something I've been doing is trying to create relationships with head coaches of higher division schools and every school that we can. Josh and Steve have great connections with both local coaches and local players. So they're using their connections there and networking to be able to bring in people. And then I'm trying to help grow the organization brand awareness as far as at the coaches and co collegiate level so that we can get those players. And so our process this year has been a little bit different. We want to be as competitive as possible. I know Evan's philosophy going into next year is going to be I want to win the PIL. And so that's how we're trying to recruit this class. Um, we're roster. I think we're already at 20 now. So we've done a good job. We've got some higher-level D1 guys. We've got some D2 guys on the roster. We've got some D3 guys. So collectively, done a great job. And, I mean, actually, Evans texted me this morning, I think it's 7 a.m., and I was asking, when can we go look at pitchers at some of the local colleges? We have to do a bunch of visits. A lot of the uh, pitchers don't get placed until right before the season starts because the coaches aren't sure where they're going to wind up in the rotation. Right, so... Uh, is it going to be just you and Josh, Stephen coming along? Or are you guys splitting up? How's it going to be working? I think it's going to be yes to all three of those. All those, uh, yeah. Um, just based on all of our schedules, you know, um, those guys, those guys have have jobs outside of here, and then um, you know, I'm always doing a bunch of different things. So we're going to tag team a lot of it. If some of, sometimes we go solo, sometimes we'll go together, sometimes it'll be all three of us. So we're just going to tag team it the best we can, divide and conquer, and try to find the best arms to complete our roster. 
So you're going to be looking at players. Do you also sit down with uh, their coaches, the school coaches, and and try to catch a game? Do you usually try to do a sit down ahead of time? Um, and then how's that process work? So we've tried to build the relationships over the winter because that's when they're most available, the fall and winter. And so we've tried to build those relationships. So a lot of the things that we're doing is we're setting up times we can go to at practices before they start games and go see some players. And that's something we've already talked to the coaches about. And so we go and we, we just check out a practice. Most of the time the coaches are pretty busy this time of year. I mean, their goal is winning championships, which it should be, and developing their staff. So if we don't get a lot of face time when we go out there, that's totally fine. They'll say hi to us. We might talk real quick. But just depending on the day, sometimes that will turn into a longer conversation uh, about the players and who they have in mind. But we try to go with a game plan, who they think we should be looking at. And then if we see anybody that we're interested in, finding out if they're already placed at a team or if it's something that might be a good fit for the Bears. Obviously, you've probably been looking at some video also. You get submitted videos from either the players or their coaches. We do. Actually, that's a requirement. So this year, it's been two people have to sign off on every single player. And that way, there's a lot of accountability, and we're making sure we're doing what's the right fit. So either you know, Steve and Josh are signing off on a player, Josh and I are signing off a player, Steve and I are signing off on a player. And every player that we get, we typically request video unless we've seen them play before, or obviously if they're a returning player. You have a team that you're setting up. You have coaching staff that you're preparing for. My understanding is we're working on schedule uh, for the season. Right. How close are we to having the schedule out? God, I think we're a week away. I a think. week away. Yeah, I, want, I want to get this out a week. Um, February 1st, I want to get the schedule out. So I'm trying to lock down a few more opponents. I pretty much have all our dates set. Um, we're looking at 23 or 24 home games which is going to be good. And then we're looking probably 44 to 48 games total in the season. Wow. And then how many of those are home versus away? So we're looking at 24 home, so almost half, maybe more than half are home. Okay. So 24, that's a little less than what we had last year? Um, last year we had scheduled, I think, 23. It okay. might have been – I know my goal was 25, and then we had – all the rainouts and the, the, the crazy water main breakage right. problems. And we had a lot of last-minute cancellations, unfortunately, last year. So I think we only ended up at 18 home games last year. So I, I just to open that up a little bit more, is there any construction still going on at this time? No, I think we're going to be done. No construction this summer. I'm, <laughs> so I'm, no water I'm means being shut yeah, down or there's broken. No, there's no more digging, at least. <laughs> um, at the stadium, though, I think we are, we're working with King County. I have a meeting on Tuesday. We're going to be talking about replacing the infield turf this summer. Yep. And then we're looking at doing a bigger project either next year after our season's over or the following year and maybe redoing all of the outfield as well and maybe extending the fences and doing some cool things. We're looking at doing that. Um, but, yeah, I, I drove by the stadium yesterday, and no more construction is being done. They haven't opened up behind the stadium, but hopefully we don't run into any of that, and hopefully the summer's dry. I'd love to have 24 games without any cancellations, any problems running in, so fingers crossed. So let's talk about the home games right now. We have games against the PIL, right, Pacific International League. Correct. If you can expand on the PIL a little bit, how many teams inside the PIL? I think we're at five teams, and they're looking at adding a sixth here. We have our winter meeting coming up in a few weeks. Okay. They're looking at voting in a sixth team. 
Uh, the PIL has struggled because we have some teams that enter and leave. So like when we entered the PIL, which is the Pacific International League, the Snoqualmie Hurricanes entered the league as well. And they were we were new along with them. And they lasted two years. And I think they went independent in their second year. And then they, they fizzled out, which is unfortunate. Now we have the Redmond Dudes added last year, which is great. And obviously, you have the Seattle Studs, the Everett Merchants, and the Northwest Honkers, which have been the core group of teams that have been there for a while now. And then we're starting to get into that round being in our fifth year. So that's the PIL, and, and we're good there. They're looking at bringing in the, the Wall Bangers, which has been a team that's played some collegiate teams throughout the past summers independently. We had the Emeralds last year, but they're, they're no longer going to bring a team to the PIL. And so we're looking at, I hope we can grow the PIL and bring in some outside teams and really have a nice core of, I think we want to try to get to six, eight, ten teams. At one point, they had 12 to 14 teams in the PIL back in the early 90s. Wow. So if we can get to something where we're 8 to 10, it makes scheduling games a lot easier. You're able to you know, really fight for a league championship and maybe even have two different divisions once you get that number up. And I know we have a new president in um, who, who has a lot of experience in uh, baseball, minor league baseball, and um, a sort of uh, independent baseball. So he brings a lot of cool ideas to the table, and I think everybody's excited to try to hopefully grow and expand the PIL. We talked about the PIL. Let's talk about those non-PIL teams. Let's talk about the West Coast League. Let's talk about the non-West Coast League teams. How much of it's going to be happening at Mel Olson Stadium? How much of this is going to happen away from Mel Olson? So we've done a good job in the past few years of creating good relationships with ownership and general managers of West Coast League teams and people within the West Coast League. They are a highly competitive, full summer collegiate league, and they focus on the show just as much as they focus on the competitiveness on the field. And so I really want us to experience that and go and play those teams so that our players see the top end competition possible. And then I sit in the stands and I get to watch what they do in the show and create ideas for when we come back and we put on a show at our ballpark. Unfortunately, West Coast League teams only play at their stadium. They don't travel. So we will be traveling to them. Last year, we played 11 games against West, Lo West Coast League opponents. This year, we've got 13 on our schedule. We're going to Ridgefield, which is the newest uh, West Coast League team. They're down towards Vancouver, Washington. Uh, we're also going to Cowlitz again, Yakima, Wenatchee. Walla Walla. Um, Walla Walla. We're yep. going to, we're going to uh, Port Angeles again for some games there, and Bellingham, which we went to for the first time last year. So it's a great experience for our guys. They play uh, a lot of D1-level talent there, and it's a great experience because they get to play in front of uh, a few thousand fans. So we talked about the away games. Uh, there's the playing the teams from the PIL. There's West Coast League games that will be away, and you talked about having 13 games this season. Let's talk about the home games. With the home games, you won't have West Coast League. You will have the PIL teams. But what other teams are going to be uh, the what other teams will the Bears be playing this year at Mel Olson Stadium? We have a bunch of uh, 19 new teams that we end up playing, and a lot of teams that are bringing in college guys and have some guys that are in high school or just graduating high school. It's almost that in between. Uh, you know, playing select ball, 18U, and playing summer collegiate baseball. So we have some teams like that that we'll be hosting. We also have a few very highly competitive 18U teams that we've built relationships with over the past. And what we'd like to do with those is 
gives them a great experience and gives our guys a great experience too. A lot of those guys have already signed with colleges or have verbally committed, so they're going. So it's also a recruiting opportunity for us. So we show the experience that they would be able to have if they come and play with us. And even last year, we played against some guys in the Kent Bulldogs, and we signed a few of their guys at the end of their season to some 10-day contracts, and they played the last weekend with us. So it helps fill some spots. And a few of those guys that we signed for 10-day contracts, actually all three of them, they uh, have signed with us with the Bears this year. Outside of these 18 and 19U teams, who else is coming into Mellison Stadium to take on the Bears? So we're going to host the Cascade Collegiate League. They're putting together almost like an all-star team that's going to come in and play us. The Cascade Collegiate League is a new collegiate league that's in the area, and they're starting up this year. So they're going to fill some dates for us and put together a team that can play the Bears at our ballpark. So they're putting together some kind of all-star team, but is it are, is their goal to expand and to compete against the PIL? I'm not totally sure, but I think they're supposed to have something like six to eight teams this year. And so they're signing a ton of different players, um, which has actually been a little bit of a challenge with us recruiting. Um, we've had to look at things differently and you know just adjust our strategy because they're filling so many teams over in that league. And we actually have some former Bears from last year that are going to end up playing in that league. So maybe they'll end up playing us at our ballpark. Okay. So is this something different for these 18, 19 U's? And also, uh, you mentioned some of the players that are uh, Highline Bears players that are going to be heading over to the Cascade. But how many of these teams uh, actually get to experience um, what happens at Millison Stadium, this show experience? I, I think it's a brand new experience for almost all of them. Even the guys that play in junior colleges or D2 colleges, typically you're not playing in front of a lot of fans. You know, we've got walk-up music that you're doing. We're doing announcements. We're doing different in-between inning games. We're doing promotions before the game, during the game, after the game. Kids are running the bases after the game. Uh, I mean, we've got Dion in the stands, who's our super fan, and he's heckling. In fact, uh, we had the 18U team in last year for a, our only day game. And Dion was heckling during the game. There was a pitcher who had a beard, and he was actually an older player playing on this team so they could compete with us. And he just kept yelling, your beard is weird. Your beard is weird. And then I swear, Dion maybe single-handedly helped us win that game. You know, our players just weren't into it at the moment. But Dion definitely changed the momentum of that game. And I had parents telling me that I needed to go handle Dion. Now, Dion wasn't swearing, wasn't doing, he was being a heckler at a baseball game. And I had to explain to some of the parents, you know, you are in a college baseball ballpark right now. I mean, this is like a minor league baseball game and they're going to have to deal with, well, he's only, he's only 18 or he's only 17. You know, he's not even 18 yet. I had to explain. I said, he's not doing anything offensive. He's not cheating in any way for the team. Like your kid needs to focus on playing baseball. I mean, this is going to make them better baseball players. And so it does give them a totally different experience. And, you know, shout out to Dion for, for helping us there. And he always does. And he tries to keep those umpires honest for uh, every single game as well. Well, and Dion, not only is there by home plate, uh, just down below where I sit, but he's also in the outfield. And you can hear Dion all the way from the outfield <laughs> sit there and give a shout-out to him. Dion literally just showed up the first season and became a fan. Um, uh, last year, we gave him lifetime season tickets. He threw out a first pitch because the players requested it. And, you know, 
Dion's a great guy, and we, we love having him as our super fan. Well, so what we want to do is give a nod out to Dion if he's uh, listening to the podcast, and we look forward to seeing him this year at Mel Wilson Stadium. So we're four months from the start of the 2019 season. What are the priorities between now and those, you know, through those four months? I've got about 20 different pages okay, how about- <laughs> of what I need to do uh, let's, before the let's, season. Let's help you out. Give me those top four. Um, we need to finalize our roster. Uh, schedule's almost done, so that's pretty much off my list. Promotional nights are the biggest thing. Um, continuing to work with local businesses to become partners and sponsors with us, that's a big thing on our list. And then lastly, getting the word out and getting people to the park so that we can pack that stadium on opening night. I, I want to sell out crowd June 1st. Well, and I, I think it would be awesome to have some fan interaction between now and opening night. I think as far as getting the players out there, we don't get our players until the end of May, right? right? We get them and we start playing right away. So a little bit tougher than a lot of uh, different, you know, like Major League Baseball teams, they have their players on contract year round so they can do appearances and events. So Buntley's really the face of the team. And uh, so between Buntley and the rest of our staff getting out there and interacting with the community and getting the word out, you know, June 1st opening night, make sure you get your tickets. My favorites. So we have a new segment. It's called Five Favorites. I'm going to be asking Justin five questions, and he's going to tell me his five favorites. Real quick. Hot dog or hamburger? Hamburger. Swimming, backstroke or butterfly? Butterfly. Favorite cereal? Golden Smacks. Bat, wood or aluminum? Wood. And the last one, Christmas or Thanksgiving? Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm going to have to go with Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Love, love the food. Yeah, I love the food. Are you a stuffing guy? Oh, I'm a big stuffing big guy. Stuff- yeah, big stuffing guy. <laughs> okay. That's it for five favorites. I thought food and drinks were going to be provided. This is this is upset. <laughs> oh, that's actually something you could have brought up. I don't want to interrupt you. You're on a roll. Yeah. Josh, we're going to talk about the team right now, and let's start with the coaching staff. My name's not Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Better keep that for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> That's a wrap for this week, and we want to thank our guest, Justin Moser, for joining us. Join us for our next podcast when we talk with Highland Bears head coach, Josh Evans, to get his view of last year's season and how he's going to be approaching the 2019 season. You can also reach the Highland Bears at their website, highlandbears.com, or on Twitter and Facebook, at Highland Bears. You can also email the Highland Bears using the address info at highlinebears.com. Send us your questions and comments to the podcast crew. Email us using the address podcast at highlinebears.com. Thank you for listening. May all your hits be dingers and be a good sport always. This was the Highline Bears podcast.